What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have a special guest, Alex Curtis from New Roast on the line. How are you, man? Good, man. How's it going? It is going wonderfully well, wonderfully well. I must confess, I do not know near as much as I should about mushrooms, so I'm I'm excited to kind of dive in and, and just flush that out. Um, so... Before we get into that, though, give me give me some background, man. Like, what brings you into the space? What made you want to make a mushroom concoction in the first place? Like, give me some background. Yeah, sure. So we started in uh, January 2018. Uh, before that, I was working a nine-to-five job and uh, freelancing for some health and sports nutrition companies, um, some in the keto space, some in, like, the health food space. Um, but I was working these super long days, working, like, 12 to 14 hours, working weekends. When I took vacation, I was still connected. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was drinking coffee from 8 a.m. just all day long till 7, and then I couldn't sleep um, or I wouldn't sleep well. I'd wake up exhausted and just start that process all like all over again. I started looking at nootropics and like, what could I take that would help me perform um, like mentally well and so that I could go to the gym after a long day and get like a 45 minute to an hour long workout and just feel good and sleep well. That wasn't ridiculously expensive. And there weren't a whole lot of options. And eventually I came across uh, lion's mane and then cordyceps, um, which I had seen cordyceps in like some of the sports nutrition products I was taking. Um, so I started kind of experimenting with cordyceps and I was like, wow, this kind of feels like caffeine when there is no caffeine in this product. Um, I kind of feel that like energy and that endurance. And then with lion's mane, I felt that after a few months, it made my head feel a lot clearer. I was able to work long hours and not feel like foggy and um, distracted. So I started supplementing those things into my daily coffee, as well as a chaga, reishi, turkey tail, shiitake. I just like went down the rabbit hole and just tried to find as much information as I could and just try to like formulate the best tasting blend that I could. And then I found that after a few months, um, I'd have one cup of coffee of mushroom coffee at like 8am and then another cup at like 2pm. And that was it. And I felt great all day and I could work out after I could come home and like be a person and then sleep all night. So um, once that kind of clicked for me, like, oh, that's the thing that I was doing differently. I was doing mushroom coffee twice a day. Um, that's when I decided I wanted to create my own product. I love it, man. I, I love like like companies that create a product out of their own necessity as opposed to like, you know, the stereotypical look where there's a hole in the market. I mean, that, that's that's not a bad thing, looking where the hole in the, is in the market and then building a product that fits that. But when you're making it out of your own need, like not even necessarily planning to sell it, like like we do with the Keto Brick, like you did with this, it's like, that's when you know the intentions are pure because you're just simply making something that that you know is is benefiting you, and then you just like feel compelled to share it with everybody else because you know how much it you know improves your life. Yeah, totally. And with the uh, with the keto brick, is that something that you created because in your own training and in your own diet you felt like it was maybe it was hard to get the macronutrients you needed? Like, how did that come about exactly? Yeah, yeah. So I made I made that um, when I was doing my last competition prep with a ketogenic approach. And I just, you know, like with a competition prep, you're, you're going a million miles an hour. You don't really feel like cooking. You're, you're depleted. And, you know, I just wanted something that was hitting my macros, shelf stable, convenient. And I wanted something that was very nutritionally dense and didn't provide a lot of volume because I didn't want to, you know, look bloated on stage. So I made the brick to kind of fit that need. 
and I just started, you know, getting attention for it, you know, for my YouTube videos. But yeah, it was it was just made. I never planned on even selling it, so it was kind of like, you know, just made out of the the purity of just needing something for my own, uh, you know, use. Um, which I mean, same thing with the coffee. It's like that's that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean, we're we're pretty much uh, we're pretty aligned on that. I think I was the whole time that I was taking mushroom coffee and like freelancing. The whole time I was like, I can't wait till I can think of a product that I want to sell or like think of a brand that I want to create. And I'm, you know, this is months of making this mushroom coffee every morning, taking it, working long days. And I'm like, man, I can't wait till I think of something. And it, it took months before like it hit me at like 1 a.m. You know, one morning I was just struggling to sleep. Um, and it just hit me. I was like, hey, man, what if I just like, what if I, what if I try selling this? Like the only thing that I was looking forward to was like one in the morning on like a Tuesday and I had work. And I was just like, not in the best headspace. And I was just like, man, I just can't wait till I can go into work and just make that first cup of coffee. That's going to feel great. I'll feel so much better after that. And that's when it kind of clicked. Like, oh, man, I should be, I should try to sell this. I just try to market it. I didn't sleep that night either. I just started like thinking of, of the brand as soon as that happened. Oh, yeah, man. When you get, when you get bit by that entrepreneurial bug and you like have something, you know, tangible that you feel has, you know, potential, it's like, I mean, that's what you eat, sleep, breathe. I mean, you, you can't even think of anything else i mean that, that's where you find all your satisfaction and fulfillment from is like working towards that thing a hundred percent is that what you feel with uh keto brick oh yeah man i mean i quit my my corporate world you know to to start keto savage and then keto brick kind of morphed out of that and they've all kind of become intertwined like i'm working on other legs of the business now but just simply you know keto savage keto brick live savage like the apparel stuff i'm working on now like everything is all interconnected but the fulfillment and just satisfaction and joy that I get from, you know, working on that throughout the course of a day just is so far and above whatever I could have possibly gotten working, you know, for the man at the corporate center and just never really finding any purpose in life, you know? It's like, I don't want to stay an extra two hours at work pretty much ever for anything, but I'll stay up until, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like time isn't really a, I'm not really thinking about the time when I'm putting work into new roast. I'm just trying to get things moving and trying to like, you know, moving a million miles an hour. I'm just trying to get everything together. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I was listening to a, a Gary Vaynerchuk podcast or audiobook or something one day. And he said something along the lines of if Friday is your favorite day of the week, then you need to reevaluate your life. And that just stuck with me because, you know, that's the norm. Like so many people, they hate their, their nine to five, their weekly routine. And they just like praise Friday when it comes around so they can step outside of that and do something that they want to do, you know, for Saturday and Sunday. But if you're living the vast majority of your life, you know, in a career that takes up the majority of your time and you hate every moment of it, it's like, no, nothing is worth that. Like I would rather be broke and happy than have money and be totally unfulfilled and miserable. And the the best alternative is to to not be broke and be happy and work on something that you have, you know, just just sincere passion and love for and you find fulfillment in. I mean, like I, I feel like the luckiest man alive every day when I get to wake up at 3.30 and then work until 10 p.m. Like I feel blessed and just excited about life because I'm able to do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I honestly, I hate Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, man. I like Fridays not so much, but I don't look forward to the weekend. I dread the weekend because the weekend is when everyone else stops working and I spend the whole weekend like I can't wait to get that email back from this person so that I can get this going. And, like yeah, it, it drives me crazy. Like I'm not looking forward to to going out at all, or I'm not. I guess I'm not fun, but um, 
you know, like someone brings up vacation or like what we're going to do over the weekend. I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. I, I like if, if I'm watching TV, I'd, like, I'm just thinking the whole time about what else I could be doing that would be productive other than like binge watching friends for the third time. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I've got a, I've got this weekend, I think it's actually going to be my bachelor party. I'm getting married in April and my brother's throwing me this party. It's going to be at our farm, uh, you know, down South Arkansas. We're probably just going to be like hunting and fishing and shooting guns the whole time. So that's, that's definitely the way to spend a bachelor party. But my other half is like, man, I wish I was just sitting in my office and, <laughs> you know, answering emails as weird as that may sound to some people, but like just simply working. I mean, it's like my, I'm probably like a, a workaholic, which is, I don't know if that's something to brag about, but I, at the end of the day, as long as you're doing something that you truly, genuinely love, I mean, who has the right to judge you for it? You know, like if you feel fulfilled and happy in your day to day, then who can say anything negative about that? You know? Yeah. Um, and on that, like, man, there's a there's a, a rough balance between working really hard and then just hitting that like burnt out, like you're stressed and anxiety ridden. And I let myself get to that point before I let myself relax enough. Mm -hmm. So, you know relaxation is is probably overrated but it is you know it's necessary sometimes i find that just disconnecting for a few hours when i come back not only somehow has it been more profitable for me but i also feel a lot better and more relaxed i'm like oh man all those things i was freaking out about they didn't really matter so much it's all going to happen in its own time not just the time that i want it to happen I definitely want to dive into the details of the mushrooms, but before I even get there, I want to just kind of expand upon that point that you made just there, because that's something that I've tried to, you know, work on. And that's definitely like a learned behavior. I feel like, you know, for people like you and I that are, I mean, I've only been talking to you for 10 minutes now, but I would assume you're a very type A personality type that there's just, you know, like if you're an entrepreneur, you're just grinding, you're doing like the, you know, the, the details that come along with owning your own business. Um, it's hard to step away and disconnect, but, you know, inherently we know that if we do disconnect, our work only improves from it. And that's like a, that's like a skill set, man. Like that's an art that I haven't fully embraced or learned how to, to, to balance or, you know, fully incorporate into my day-to-day -day life. So if you have any insight on that, I'm, I'm all ears, man. Yeah. Do you do any sort of like meditation or anything? I try and there'll be periods of time where I'm really good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really good about meditating during a contest prep. Like this last contest prep, I was using that uh, Calm Heads. Or no, there's a Headspace app and there's the Calm app. I was using the Calm app and I like that a lot. I had like a 180 day streak or something going with the, the meditation. And as soon as my phone reset or something, it lost my streak count. <laughs> I just stopped doing it, which is terrible. <laughs> I do not recommend that. Um, but I haven't done that since what I'm doing now for meditation is, uh, I, I shoot a bow and arrow. So I, I went out and bought a bow and arrow and I've been shooting that as like my disconnect because I can go out there and shoot that for 10, 30 minutes or so. And you pretty much have to be in the moment to do that. Like it's hard to be an accurate archer if you're constantly just thinking and stressing about everything else. Like you almost have to just let that go and be in the moment. So that's kind of my hack. Like your, your focus on your breath when you're doing archery is is pretty important. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I've tried to hack the system. But I'm, I mean, I'm. What what do you do? I'm open to suggestions. Um, meditation. I I was really good for about two years, and then more recently I've been kind of falling off. But also more recently I've noticed I'm like 
way more anxiety ridden and stress. And I'm like, Oh, it's because you're flipping through your apps a million miles an hour. And, um, you're thinking about a million things and waiting for emails. Like if you just take a breath, do some deep breathing for 10 minutes. Um, all that's super helpful. I think like, like archery and, and shooting or like running or lifting, all those things help just as long as you're disconnected. So if I bring my phone to the gym with me, it's like, I don't find that I got what I needed out of it. I got a great workout because I had my music getting me through it, but I thought like, as far as my headspace goes, I'm still just as, it's still just as frantic and as chaotic. So meditation has really helped me with that. Just like you notice you have, you, you can make 10 minutes for yourself to just sit there, breathe, reflect, not think about anything, which is the most important. Um, and then you come back to the room and you're like, Oh, wow. Like now it's almost like you're hitting a reset button. And now all the things that you were freaking out about don't matter so much. And you can be a little more selective about what you want to focus your attention on. I'm actually a, a super tight B person. Um, so if anyone, anyone who knows me, if they were listening to this and heard you call me type A, they'd probably laugh at me. I'm only type A with neuros, uh, where everything has to be done a certain way. It has to be particular, it has to be on brand. Um, and that's more so now than ever. But in general, um, super like laid back and just like don't care. But I think it's because I own New Roast. And so, you know, it's all a, sort of a reflection on me. And uh, yeah, so I'm super type A about that. And then everything else I'm like pretty nonchalant about. That's interesting, man. Like how how was that? Um, do you think that was like a an asset to you or almost like a, uh, you know, a disadvantage when you started the business? Like, I mean, did did you... Uh, that's, that's a, I don't even know how to word this question. Like if you're type B and you're starting a business and so many things with the business are like very like time sensitive, critical, just like very, very like detail specific. Um, so if you're mm -hmm. type B and more laid back and, and nonchalant, like was that a, I mean, I could see that being a, an advantage in some ways for sure, but was that a challenge for you or no? No, I was just looking at, and there's a million things. Like I, I consider if you're, are thinking about starting your own business or for anyone like listening, if you're considering running your own thing, pretty much all starting a small business is, is waking up and tackling a hundred problems then going to sleep and then waking up and tackling a hundred new problems. And sometimes yeah. the problems are big, sometimes they're small, but they're always there. And so I've kind of like, I wake up and I'm like, all right, what are we doing today? And I'll look and, you know, like recently it was, uh, like streamlining our, our instant packets and, long story short, had to learn everything there is to know about printing custom printed roll stock and getting that shipped out on like a pallet. And I was like, well, let's just learn everything that there is to learn about this and, you know, get, take care of this and I'll deal with the next problem after. So I think type B is kind of an asset in that case. Cause I think sometimes if you're too type A, if you're too, per too much of a perfectionist, you don't get enough done in time. It takes way longer because you're so nitpicky and you, like you're, you're focused on something that's going to bring 1% value, but eats 80% of your time. And I'm thinking about how can I spend 1% of my time to get 80% of my value? Yeah, very 80-20-esque with all your decisions. That's good for sure, man. I can definitely see how that would be an advantage. I mean, I feel like my disadvantage with being so type A is that I just like, kind of going back to the, the rest and relaxation thing, like I just don't do it. Like I just don't. And I don't even feel bad for not doing it which is probably even worse um but i mean it's not I, I don't know if it's sustainable or not but it's probably not optimal for my long-term health especially when you look at like sleep you know I, I know how critical sleep is and it's like i would almost rather just shave 10 years off my life and not sleep as much but 
get more done. And that probably isn't the best decision from a longevity standpoint, you know? Yeah, totally. I kind of like more recently have also structured, and this is something that you have going on for you, but like I kind of structured like my diet again, my, uh, like my training again, meditation, reading, I'm like really trying to structure that. And even like household cleanliness, like keeping my house in order and everything, like all those things are something that I, I kind of let slide because I was just like nonstop hustling. But now I'm, I'm really focused. I'm using that as my like meditation time really and to, to disconnect. And I'm going to put more work into like my diet and training and sleep and reading and meditation, all those things that aren't business related, but are more personal and help you kind of bring some organization to the chaos when you're, you know, doing a million things at once. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, throughout all the the chaos that I've had to deal with, having a consistent workout routine, and it, it kind of goes off the rails when I'm traveling for like a conference or something. But for the most part, I've always been very consistent with that. And then having a very consistent nutritional regimen has been like just, I don't know, godsend for my sanity. Like if I if I had everything going on and I didn't have that, then I'd probably be just a nervous wreck. But having that gives me some kind of foundation to work with. I, I really want to get a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to I get like a sauna or something. That way I can kind of, you know, force myself to disconnect for 20 minutes in the sauna, maybe do my meditation then, and then just zone out for like 10, 20 minutes every day. I've been doing that at uh, my gym, like 10 minutes once a week um, in the sauna. I wish I could do every day, but um, yeah, that's, that's awesome because you can't really bring any technology in there without ruining it. Um, or like a steam room, like you can't really bring anything in there. So you're kind of forced to just sit there in silence. And then also you have all the benefits of being in a sauna or a steam room. Um, so you can kind of compound the benefits. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like for me, I've got to figure out a way to like intertwine everything that I do so that in some form or fashion, I could justify it moving the bigger picture forward. Because if anything distracts from like the overall goal, like I just automatically cut it out. So like, that's why I cut out the meditation for so long because I couldn't, I mean, I inherently know that it would benefit my my overall being, but at the moment, it it wasn't moving me seemingly any any closer to the overall goal. But if I'm like, you know, pairing that with the sauna during a contest prep, and I find some weird weird way to justify it all and make it all synchronize in my mind, then I can much more easily, you know, convince myself to move forward on it. Yeah, well, I think a lot of times we we tend to think that we have to work a lot more than we actually do. We tend to think that like if you're not doing eight to 12 hours of work a day that you're somehow falling behind. But um, the whole sort of the whole point of even starting new roast or even before that, when I even just, when I was just thinking of trying to start some sort of online side business, it was always about working less. And, and like the fact that you, most people, when you go to a, a nine to five job or if you're working a nine hour day, most of your day isn't really spent working or if it is, it's like, you're dragging work out or creating new projects that aren't actually adding value. You're just filling time and you can actually get the core things that you want to get done, done in like three to four hours. So when I keep that in my mind, I'm like, okay, you've been working nine hours straight right now. You could probably relax and things will be okay. What you're doing today will benefit you tomorrow and the day after. So, you know, you can, you can disconnect a bit. It's not always effective, but I try to tell myself that. How many times have you read the four hour work week? Three. <laughs> yeah everything you said in that 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 line just there like i mean it's like a specific chapter in the book and i remember him talking about that very very concept I, that's i've got that book sitting on my shelf i've read it three or four times as well man i love that book and, it, and that totally changed the way i think of business 
Yeah, yeah, totally. One of the, the key things that I take away from that book and that I actually brought up at a, a panel over the weekend was uh, um, not buying your inventory up front. And one thing, mm-hmm. one of the things I did with Neuros was um, kind of like created a small following at first and then did a pre-sale for like the first initial SKUs. And that pre-sale actually bought out my first round of inventory. So I didn't put my money up front for the inventory. People who were interested in the product did. And then that way, I kind of like hedged my risk. I didn't put and spend $2,000 and then risk, am I going to move this at all? It was already like bought and bought and sold, essentially. Some people put like five or $10,000 down on inventory and then realize that no one wants their product. Another five to $10,000 in the hole with a, you know, a garage filled with products that no one wants that they might have to toss. So uh, the four hour work week, that little hack right there, like stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like I think, you know, for me, I kind of, I, I didn't do that exactly, but simply having the social platforms that I, that I do and, and seeing the engagement that I was getting, you know, when people saw the brick, you know, my YouTube videos, that was kind of like my, not official pre-sale, but just kind of like first and way to engage what the interest was for the product, which kind of gave me some, uh, some confidence in, you know, starting the business in the first place. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. So many, so many companies, they, they make this widget and then just throw it online and expect it to sell. But I mean, if there's no, if there's no demand, if there's no interest and there's not going to be traffic and no momentum, and then you're out of business before you start. Right. And then you again, have a, you know, garage filled or like an apartment filled with products that you thought were going to make you rich, but turned out people weren't as interested as you thought they might be. So yeah, I'm somewhere, I'm somewhere between like Gary Vanderchuk and Tim Ferriss who are total, total polar opposites when it comes to like the concept of work. So sometimes I find myself like Gary Vaynerchuking, if I can use his name as a verb and working like, like 11 straight hours and like on my phone the whole time. And I have like four back to back calls. And then sometimes I find myself Tim Ferrising and, and I'm just like, living my life the way I want to live my life and then checking in occasionally and seeing that things are running just fine. There, there are no problems. Um, and I'm just trying to find the balance between on a scale of Gary Vaynerchuk to Tim Ferriss, where I, where, you know, where uh, my sweet spot is. And it's, it's, it's weird. Like I said, we've only been talking for a few minutes now, but I've literally used that exact same analogy for myself. I've come across between Gary V and Tim Ferriss. And I'm pretty sure, man, you're my, you're my, my type B brain half right now I'm talking to. That's kind of weird. <laughs> so so let's dive into um, the mushrooms specifically, man, because I've I've wanted, I've always been intrigued by mushrooms. I think the first time I ever even heard of them being used as like a like a nutritional supplement, like as a you know cognitive enhancement, um, I think was probably on one of Tim Ferriss's podcasts when he was probably promoting um uh Four Sigmatic, I think was the first one that that I've heard of come to market. But but after hearing that and trying their stuff and just kind of going down the mushroom rabbit hole, it's like, man, this is this is super interesting because I mean, this is just a fungus, you know, a fungi that's growing and it has these these benefits. And I think it pairs great with, you know, keto and, you know, going towards a more natural, you know, nutrition plan. I mean, because all this stuff is, is, I mean, is as natural as it comes, you know, it's just a fungi. So dive into like, just, just let's just start at the basics, man. Like for anybody that doesn't even know really what a mushroom is like just kind of give us some some you know one-on-one on what mushrooms are and how they can be used and kind of go through some of the strains like the the chaga the lion's mane the turkey tail like just kind of what what they're used for predominantly yeah totally and uh just to 
like to, I guess clarify for your audience, like I don't by any means consider myself like a like a mycology expert or anything like that. But I, I try to learn from experts, from mycologists, from the studies that are out there and trying to keep up with the studies that come out. And one of the things that I started doing before I launched Neurost, I was like, well, let me make sure that before I tell anyone that this particular strain of mushroom does this, like, let me look at the studies first and what do the studies show? And um, so just as an, like, as an example, I'll start with that cordyceps, um, which is really popular in pre-workouts. And it's a, uh, it's like this orange, it's a orangey fungi. I'm not going to get too technical with it. Um, but if you ever saw planet earth, they actually have a really cool little bit on fungi um, that like attack insects and take over their body and sprout through them and then explode and the spores find other things to eat essentially um so it's it's kind of weird alien like fungi yeah sounds like aliens are eating here it's been known to have these sort of like therapeutic um endurance enhancing um like blood flow regulating benefits and so one of the things i wanted to do was before i say anything before i um, tell anyone that this is going to enhance your endurance let's just see what the studies say and while the studies for the most part are pretty um, small in their scale like i consider a study under maybe definitely under a thousand but under like a hundred thousand like we're looking at some pretty small scale studies but they're all there are many of them and they're all showing the same thing at the end of each study we're all seeing cordyceps showed enhanced endurance or cordyceps showed enhanced um like blood circulation so um i want to make sure that what i was experiencing wasn't just placebo effect and I'm sure there is some of that, but I want to make sure that um, before I tell anyone this is going to enhance your endurance, that the studies actually show that. And mm -hmm. more importantly, I was looking for studies that would prove me wrong. So I was looking for studies for like lion's mane. Um, I was looking for something that would say like lion's mane did not, you know, enhance mental clarity or did, was not shown to um, have neurotrophic properties. Um, you know, I was looking for anything that would kind of prove me wrong in that in that initial research stage. And through each study, everything came out to pretty much say the same sort of thing. It was like um, this line, like we we gave the sample size, um, this lion's mane extract, and it was shown to enhance um, neural growth factors. Um, it was shown to enhance, uh, like it, it was shown to have neuroprotective activities. Um, so there's like just over and over again, I kept seeing that. And that's when I really became more and more convinced. And then of course, following people like Paul Stamets is a great resource. Uh, the guys at Namex and real mushrooms are great resources. And so I'm like staying on top of what they put out on top of reading the research that's coming out and just looking, I'm really looking for, can you, can you prove this thing wrong? Because if this study shows that maybe this isn't right then I can adjust as necessary, but that's just not happening. It's just not the case. And all the studies are consistent, which is a really good sign. It's a really promising sign to me. So like on a on timeline, I mean, mushrooms have obviously been around forever, but when have people really started using them, you know, for these, um, you know, cognitive enhancement and, and just, you know, neurotropic factors? Like, has that been a pretty recent development? Well, there are like, uh, you know, there's anecdotal evidence that goes back and, you know, you'll, you'll read it goes back thousands of years, but I'm not looking for anecdotal evidence because that's always great, but I'm looking for um, like real scientific evidence if I can find it. So I'm not looking, you know, for the most part, anything pre-2010, I kind of filtered out 
So I'm looking for like, what is the research today and within the last like 10 years? What is that showing? And each study, I mean, some go back to like 2008, some go back even further, but each study was showing the same thing. I'm just going to keep going back to lion's mane since it's one of like the main mushroom extracts I've used in our blend. And each study was showing the same sort of thing. It was saying, um, you know, there are neurotrophic factors in lion's mane. Uh, you know, there's a like lion's mane enhances nerve growth factor in the brain. They're studying it for Alzheimer's, studying it for Parkinson's. Um, you know, so I'm looking at, at those recent studies and just trying to like, can, can one of these studies tell me that, that this is placebo? It's just not the case. Yeah, this, this is interesting, man, because I think, you know, just looking at like from an energy standpoint alone, you know, like caffeine is, you know, the, like the most widely used drug and you look at the negative side effects that come along with caffeine. There are, granted, there are some benefits um, for sure, but the overconsumption of caffeine, especially in America, it's just mind-boggling. And the amount of money and resources people spend on, like coffee, for instance. And you know, the more I learn into, you know, how that's affecting our sympathetic parasympathetic nervous system, our sleep, all the dysregulation that comes with that, uh, you know, our adrenal fatigue. It's it's pretty remarkable that you know, mushrooms can kind of fill that gap and pretty much totally, not necessarily demolish, but greatly minimize a lot of the negative effects that people are getting from that over caffeine consumption. Yeah. Well, what you notice is every time a new product comes out, it's always like extra strength or it's like, um, so this is the strongest, whatever, strongest pre-workout, which means it has the most caffeine, or this is like the, the strongest coffee because it was bred to have the most or the highest level of caffeine. And so everyone keeps doubling down on caffeine and no one's thinking, well, what else could we do besides caffeine? The caffeine's great, but you get to a certain point where you start getting those negative health consequences of caffeine, um, which I personally noticed um, when I was drinking several cups a day. You know, I wasn't sleeping well. I felt that adrenal fatigue. I just felt burnt out. By the time you're on your fourth cup, you're not even really getting much out of it. You're just kind of getting the heart palpitations and anxiety, even you're awake, which is yeah. great. But, you know, I'm I'm trying to perform better. I'm not just trying to stay awake and um, just kind of like be jittery. I really want to perform my best. So um, Cordyceps was a was a kind of like fascinating um, revelation for me because when I you know started supplementing Cordyceps, I noticed without caffeine, I was getting the same sort of energetic feeling from Cordyceps that I was getting from caffeine. And that's kind of when I wanted to dive into it a little deeper, like, what is the research behind cordyceps show and you know again I'm, I'm not you know i started studying this a few just a couple of years ago and and looking at the research so um i was looking at like what what are scientists what are my colleagues saying about this like what can is there proof is this all anecdotal and if it's placebo that's great too but i, I would prefer obviously um like some some evidence that showed in athletes that it that it really enhanced their performance. And those studies have showed that also. Yeah, for sure. So when you look at the different uh, strains, I'm, I'm assuming, like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like when you look at lion's mane, chaga, turkey tail, those are all just different species of mushrooms, correct? Yeah, they're all different, um, all different strains. And one of the things you'll notice, especially in the medicinal uh, mushroom market, you'll see some people selling extracts and they all kind of look the same. So you have, you could buy lion's mane in bulk. You could buy all these things on Amazon. You could buy like cordyceps, chaga, 
And when you get them, they'll all kind of look like this brownish powder. And most people don't realize that this is because they're blended with usually grains or like some sort of um, like oat complex. Um, these mushrooms, when you, you get the real mushroom extract um, and it's legit, and you're getting it from a reputable supplier, each mushroom extract actually looks totally different from the other. For the most part, like cordyceps has this like beautiful orange color. Lion's Mane has this nice white color. Chaga has this like chocolatey brown color. Um, so they don't look all the same. They don't, they all taste different. And one of the things that my uh, suppliers told me were like, you're, when I was first starting, they're like, you're not just going to dump a bunch of mushrooms into your coffee. They're like, that's, that's not going to work. You're going to have to test a few things out for flavor, for performance. Like, you're going to have to find the sweet spot. Like, don't expect to just dump all these things together and, and sell it, which was kind of the plan, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> once I got like the legitimate extracts, you know, I kind of dosed everything out. I was like, what's an effective dose of lion's mane? What's an effective dose of cordyceps? Um, how do these things taste? If I, if I go too high in cordyceps, you know, will people not like the flavor of this coffee? So it was like finding the sweet spot between flavor and an efficient dose of everything. Is there like a, a, a negative that comes along with too much of a dose? Like I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's probably not a LD 50 for chaga mushroom. Um, but is there like a disadvantage to, to having too much of any of these? You'd have to have a pretty substantial amount. Um, for the most part, I know that like most products on the market usually are around 250 to 500 milligrams of chaga. Um, you could have it a few times a day. If you were having, and, and to be, to be quite honest with you, like, I don't want to say yes or no, because I'm just not an expert in mycology or in, uh, you know, I'm not like a, a supply, well, I'm not like a wholesaler or, um, like an expert really in these individual mushrooms, but, um, you know, you, you, it, it would be kind of illogical. It'd be like saying, I'm trying to think of another product that might be out there that you could have you know, you could say is dangerous, but you'd have to take like an unfathomable amount to even get to that point. Um, Rishi, I know, is kind of, uh, if anything, from any sort of side effects, if you took way too much Rishi, well beyond what it would even be reasonable, um, could have some side effects, but honestly, not really. For for the like for most extracts, like not really. And with these different species and strains of mushrooms, are they each contributing towards a specific um you know enhancement or like like uh, again you have to correct me if i'm wrong here but does this one provide like a a sudden spike in energy and another one have like a, a more long-term sustaining you know supply of energy and then you just blend all these together to kind of peak on all fronts or or is it just a combination of all of these that makes i mean like how how do you go about deciding you know which strain do you put in which uh you know recipe of yours like how are you going about deciphering what to you yeah sure so each extract does have its own unique health benefit usually assigned to a uh like a specific beta glucan profile um when we were making our blend we noticed that there were products in the market a lot of them are like chaga it's sort of like the hot mushroom extract like chaga and lion's mane are, are two really hot extracts on the market um, but we were looking at all the extracts we noticed that you had to buy if you want to buy like reishi you had to spend like $30 and just get some reishi if you want to buy cordyceps you had to spend $30 and just get cordyceps and then figure out what to do with it so when we were coming up with new roast we were trying to think like man it would be great if you could experience the benefits of all these mushroom extracts without having to like buy them all separately and try to figure all that out yourself it's kind of like an all-in-one solution so 
with the lion's mane, you're getting the mental clarity and the better focus. And these are compounded for long term. Actually, the uh, more consistent you are with the use, the better off uh, your results are going to be. Um, cordyceps, if anything, you'll you might feel right away. Um, but again, it's that consistent use for me. That's twice a day. Um, yeah, for me, it's twice a day. And then over like the course of a few months, I looked back and I was like, man, I've been like my energy and my endurance and my focus and my sleep have all been better. My anxiety has been better. Um, looking back, you know, over the course of several months. Um, so yeah, so we were trying to think like if we can give if we can give you an effective dose of several different types of mushroom extracts, you can experience the benefits over the long term of each of those extracts. Then you can see what it's like when those benefits compound over time, especially when you're replacing coffee, which is something you drink daily, or most people drink daily. So, so what is like, um, uh, like, like reishi, for instance, and turkey tail, like what are those, what are those known for those energy as well? No, so reishi is more of like a calming and I've like taken these extracts on their own, because I really want to experience the benefits on their own. And you, when you take reishi away from the rest of the blend, what does it do? Um, so with reishi, it's more of a relaxing, like CBD, like mushroom. Um, it's usually used in like teas and decaf products, like late at night, you want to relax. But I found that when I stacked reishi, um, with caffeine, like with caffeinated coffee, with the other extracts, it kind of muted the effects from caffeine that I don't like that anxiety, that, um, anxiousness and kind of like L-theanine almost you supplement that with caffeine and it kind of takes out that that you know jittery aspect of it yeah exactly it kind of tones down the effects that you don't like but it, it wasn't taking away from the um, the benefits of the other extracts or the coffee itself i was still feeling lots of energy but i felt a little more calm and in control of that energy i didn't feel like i had to like run around just to get the energy out with cordyceps like i told you earlier as like a pre-workout and in pre-workouts it had a feeling that was very similar to caffeine to a point where it was like, after taking it consistently, I was like, does this not have, does this really not have caffeine in it? Cause like, I could swear this has caffeine in it. Like it feels very similar. I have tons of energy. Um, but I'm not like, again, I'm not like jittery or feeling crazy. Um, lion's mane is one that I, I don't feel right away, but over the long term, I kind of noticed those benefits compounding. So these are like, I mean, these are obviously personal, my personal experiences with the extracts, but the feedback that I get from our customers and the feedback that you see in general kind of coincides with these. And, and it kind of coincides with, uh, those small scale, but consistent studies, like each of these extracts are, they all have these, uh, like unique benefit to them that have anecdotal evidence behind it, but then also scientific evidence behind it. Turkey tail, uh, Paul Stamets talks about turkey tail quite extensively in regards to like, um, I know his mother had breast cancer and they supplemented turkey tail on top of their like, uh, like real medicinal, uh, prescription mm -hmm. and the, like the benefits were amazing for her. And the, the, that's, that whole story makes you want to dive into turkey tail and learn a little bit more about, you know, the exact benefits and what studies are behind it and, and turkey tail being used for, for cancer research. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, this, this is, this is interesting, man. So like, I didn't have any idea what the different strains were predominantly used for. So, I mean, do you, do you see a lot of blends that have like the, the reishis with the cordyceps or is it kind of better to keep the, the calming more, I guess, medical use, you know, stuff like the turkey tail separated from the cordyceps, lion's mane and chaga? Yeah. I mean, some companies are going to keep everything separate and they'll market you a 
energy product with cordyceps and a you know calming product with reishi and they'll, they'll keep it separate so that you can try each extract and you can have several different products and you can market several different products for several, several different purposes. But I was looking for an all-in-one, like I want to experience the benefits of all of them compounded. What is that like? And you know, if I, if I mix reishi with cordyceps and lion's mane in my coffee, um, will I mute some of those less than pleasant um, effects of caffeine? And for me, the answer was yes. And so I was like, let's move forward with it. Because um, for me anyway, several cups of coffee, you know, I, I'm not feeling my best. A few hours later, I'm feeling kind of like hitting kind of a crash or maybe getting some anxiety. So I felt like, let's get Rishi in the mix and let's see if it tones it down. And, and it did. Very cool. Very cool. Are there other pretty popular strains or are those kind of like the, the more common? Um, I don't Nothing else comes to mind, but again, I'm, I'm no... Mushroom experts, there anything yeah, else that you've like, experimented with? They're like oyster mushrooms, and there there are, are, are several other types, but um, I was going for the ones that would yield the benefits that I was looking for um, for myself and for the product, and that was lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, rishi, turkey tail, shiitake. Um, and then thinking about like, like all right, so we're, so we're, we're looking at um, is this placebo or is this real, and what do the studies show, and what's the an- anecdotal evidence show? Um, and when you, when you kind of pitch this to even just your friends, like, Hey man, this has a mushroom in it. And they're like, what? Like, it's not going to do anything. But then you think there's a, a strain of mushrooms out there that if you eat three and a half grams of, well, well, you'll, your mind will bend reality. So like, how could you, how could you not believe in, um, maybe one mushroom having a unique health benefit versus, um, you know, just it being a placebo effect. It's like, I have to dive into the research and, and see what it's showing. Yeah, definitely, man. Are we, are we going to have any psilocybin uh, coffee blends in the near future? Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've never done the mushrooms, but I mean, I look at some of the, the, the research that's coming out nowadays, um, like the, uh, you know, like the psilocybin strains. And like Tim Ferriss talks about this a lot on his podcast too, people using it for, you know, therapeutic um you know, medicinal properties like, uh, you know, PTSD victims and whatnot, having this and then using the mushrooms to kind of get away from the negative side effects that come along with that. Have you, have you looked into the research much at all with regard to the, uh, um, with, with those strains of mushrooms or not so much? Not so much. I know that they're looking at um, psilocybin mushrooms, like microdosing psilocybin mushrooms um, for people with PTSD to combat depression. Um, and trying to think of the best way to put this. It, it clearly works for, I mean, with people with PTSD, it's showing that it, it's helping allevi- alleviate the symptoms that they're, that they're going through. And so um, to, to scrap the whole thing and like to, to say the whole thing is ridiculous, that it would be beneficial to them because if you take a certain amount, you'll experience this sort of like lucid trip. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, it's like, why, why not look into why it would be beneficial or how it's beneficial and, and whose life it's, it's improving versus writing it off because it made some people silly sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I look at all the research and everything that's coming out right now with, you know, legalizing CBD and then THC. I mean, I, I don't know where people would be able to draw the line and say, you know, we're going to allow, you know, THC, medical marijuana, but we're not going to have these mushrooms uh, in the picture, like I don't, that becomes a very blurry line. You have you have CBD, which at this point, I mean, I've seen like CBD flowers, like the nugs that and you look at it, you're like, that's weed, like that's mm-hmm. 100% that weed. And then, um, 
I was at an event, we actually smoked it and you, you don't get high. It's just CBD. You just get the CBD effects from it. So that, that whole, I feel like looking at mushrooms and looking at marijuana, like you have to kind of change the way that maybe we were raised to think about these things. I think maybe we were missing out on some, you know, pretty amazing health benefits because we were skewed in our thinking. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a tricky topic. It's hard to really know what direction to take it because, I mean, with anything, like with alcohol, you know, people take advantage of it and it becomes a negative. Um, but I mean, that that shouldn't negate a lot of the positives that come with it. And again, I've never done any of this stuff. Like I've never done any mushroom. Never done any, I've never smoked any weed. So like I'm coming from like a pretty, you know, like I just never really was, I mean, I was exposed to it, you know, going through college and whatnot, but I never really partook in any of it. Um, but I, I can look back from a pretty unbiased standpoint and, and appreciate what some of the capabilities are. I mean, not to say that everything that's natural should be used, taken advantage of, but it, it is pretty impressive to think that a lot of these things that are naturally occurring, you know, like the the marijuana and the mushrooms can have a profound impact on some people's, you know, health um, in place of a lot of these, you know, chemically made, you know, man-made drugs that can have come with a host of negative uh, side effects. So anything that can be used from a, a more natural state uh, and not have near the negative side effects that, that these drugs would have, I, I would think would be pretty motivating to, to you know, want to dive into and learn more about. Definitely. I mean, I've had people watch me take like CBD, like I've put CBD in my coffee before and they look at me like that's insane. And I'm like, well, it really helps with uh, like, really helps calm me down and like alleviate some anxiety and alleviate stress and, and like fatigue. And they kind of shrug it off like that's strange, you hippie. And then they take their Xanax <laughs> anxiety and it's like, well, a, a person just wrote you a prescription for this thing. And you're just trusting it based on that. You haven't actually like looked into the damaging effects of whatever medication you might be taking that your doctor just gave you. Um, not to say that there aren't benefits to it, but like why shrug off something that is naturally occurring and has health benefits just because it's sort of like taboo. And uh, it definitely opened up my eyes to that and experiencing the health benefits from each extract. I was like, man, this is this is wild. What else have I been missing out on? Like, what else have, 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 have I been thinking about maybe incorrectly or just not, you know, giving a fair chance just because I was raised to think that these are, you know, that, that this is like wrong or it's, you know, just strange. It is funny how like your upbringing can definitely place this stigma in your mind about, you know, how certain things should be accepted or rejected within society. Um, you know, a lot of it based, I mean, how, how old are you? 26. 26, yeah. So I'm 27. So, I mean, our, our parents were, were the same generation and, you know, the way they raise us and we're just subjected to the world is, is very different than how we are. Plus with, you know, social media and, and the internet and just the, the rapid rate of information distribution nowadays. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because we literally have anything at our fingertips. So we have to pretty much look at things, uh, you know, objectively and see, okay, what is the facts, what is the consequences, and then make an informed decision with the resources we have, you know, available to us. Um, but like that, that's a, that's an opportunity that, that we have now that people didn't have, you know, years, years ago. Um, I, know, well, I, mean, I could, I could probably count on both hands, the amount of uh, issues I've run into the amount of people that told me that like, marijuana was going to ruin my life. And I'd be, you know, I'd probably be like, just scraping by or, or homeless or just like a loser 
because of marijuana. And now the whole country is like focused on legalizing it. And it's, it's done, you know, hasn't destroyed my life by any means whatsoever. And, you know, this is 10 years ago, I was like listening to this and being like, this doesn't make sense to me. I don't think, I don't think you're right. I don't know that you've ever like had marijuana before. I don't think you actually know what it does. I think you just like heard what was on the news and and you're running with it. And then that made me kind of question some other things that I've heard. And I mean, a lot of the keto diet is questioning what we, what we heard growing up. I was just about to say that you, you beat me to <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a classic example. I mean, like the people that were following a ketogenic-based approach, you know, 10 years ago were hearing all this stuff about the media, about, you know, fat being bad for you. And they're like, yeah, I don't know about all that, you know. And kind of something similar seems to be happening now with, you know, some of these, um, you know, natural medicinal, you know, plants and mushrooms, fungi and everything else. I mean, you really do have to look at things with an open mind and, you know, think objectively with with the facts you have it available to you and i don't know i think that's how that's how everybody should go about things like you shouldn't you shouldn't corner yourself and paint yourself into a a, a corner and and base your decisions off of you know unfound uh you know opinions but you know having an open mind looking into things and and being objective towards your decision making that i mean that's how you should approach everything in life i mean i totally agree just just being open minded in general imagine all the things that we missed out on all the health benefits we may have missed out on for foods that we avoided because we thought that they were bad for us. I mean, butter is a, is a prime example right there. I never had butter in my house growing up. I didn't have steak in my house growing up um, because all these saturated fats we thought were going to kill us. <laughs> like that's just, that's the way, but we had um, a lot of low fat snacks, um, which, is, which are great, right? You have 55% of your diet coming in from refined carbohydrates because that's not going to affect your health. It's not going to, you know, you're not going to have a heart attack because of that. So it must be healthy. And that I get you in line. I'm just going to pick your brain a little bit more. Now I'm kind of switching gears from mushrooms, but you, you mentioned you put CBD in your coffee. Have you noticed CBD having any impact on your sleep? Because I've been trying to optimize my sleep lately because it just, quite honestly, just sucks. Um, but I'm trying to <laughs> fix fix that, obviously. And I played around with a couple of different hacks, a couple of different you know, techniques, new pillows, temperature, just everything. Have you noticed any impact on your sleep from CBD exclusively? Yeah, definitely have. Um, CBD was one of the things I went into with a very like skeptic. Like, I was very skeptical about it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought like this this is probably nonsense, but I decided to try it anyway. And after taking it, I was like, okay, now I get it. Now I see what this is all about. So CBD for sleep for me, it's not that it like makes me tired or puts me out like maybe melatonin does, but I find that after like a, a hard training session and my body's really sore, it's kind of hard to get comfortable. I find that CBD helps um, kind of like numb that pain or that discomfort. And that that allows me to sleep better. So I'll do a mix of, I'll do like three milligrams of melatonin, a little bit of CBD, um, some reishi and all of this in like a tea and drink it maybe an hour before or 30 minutes before bed. And I'm sleeping great. And I notice that when I don't do that, um, sometimes my sleep suffers. So sometimes I'm tossing and turning and struggling to get comfortable, but that rarely ever happens when I am having CBD for that, you know, that discomfort reishi to kind of mellow me out. And then, um, well, I mean, tea just cause it's great and melatonin to help me sleep. See, I found like I've taken melatonin, you know, by itself as a standalone and I always wake up groggy the next morning. Do you find that, mm-hmm. you know, when paired with the CBD, 
And Rishi, you, that that doesn't happen for you. Well, what I mean, what else are you doing in your sleep prep? Like, are you taking the melatonin and then sleeping like seven hours, or like taking the melatonin, staying up, watching TV, or do you have like a nighttime ritual? What I've been doing lately is all. Um, I haven't taken melatonin in a long time because when I did take it, I would always feel groggy. But what I've been doing lately is I'll have um, uh, some ZMA. I'll have like a, a glass of that magnesium calm. And then I'll have, um, oh, shoot, there's something else I'm taking, but I forget what's in it. Tryptophan, I think. L-tryptophan. And I'll have that about 30 minutes prior to going to sleep. And then I'll have my, my blue light blocking glasses on if I'm doing any computer work prior to bed. Um, I'll turn the temperature down to like 65 or so. Um, and then I, I just purchased a, a new pillow that's supposed to, you know, be be good for sleep. Um, but I'm only I'm going to bed like ten or eleven and waking up at three or four, so my quantity of sleep is just not there. But I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm not I'm not trying to say that's a good thing by any means, but it's important that I I have really good sleep efficiency. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've noticed I've got an aura ring. I've been tracking my sleep, and I noticed that. I'll be in light sleep for, you know, three to four hours. And then I'm only in REM sleep, um, you know, for 20 or 30 minutes. And then I, I notice if I have a glass of red wine at some point in that nightly routine, I'll have much more deep sleep. Um, but without it, both my REM and my deep are right around like 20 or 30 minutes and most of it being light sleep. That's interesting because if I have red wine before I go to sleep, I actually in the morning don't feel great. So it's interesting that actually it's it's helping you, it sounds like, kind of hit that deep sleep a little better. Yeah, I get more deep sleep, but I'll get even less REM sleep if I had the red wine. Like the other night I got had a, had a glass of red wine. I had like, I think two hours, no, I had an hour and a half of deep sleep, but then only nine minutes of REM sleep. So my REM sleep seems to suffer with the red wine. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I get, um, man, I'm trying to think of who was on this podcast, but nevertheless, I, I was uh, kind of like, studying up on sleep time like rituals like really how to treat sleep as if it were a training protocol as if it were like a, a workout in itself mm -hmm. um so once i got into that sort of that habit of like okay we have an hour before i'm going to go to sleep let's get all the lights down let's make sure that like my core temperature isn't super high like i'm not going to do any like any sort of workout or even like anything that's really going to get my body temperature up i'm going to make sure that that's that's set. I'm going to make sure that I'm not like bulk, putting any like bulk clothing, like a, like a hoodie on, um, like right before I go to sleep, just cause I want to keep my body kind of cool. Um, mm -hmm. and then what am I taking before I go to sleep and, you know, just kind of like focusing on getting that environment pristine. And I've noticed that that has helped improve my sleep like dramatically over the past year. Yeah. I think, I think that is like having a, a routine that you stick with is key. For me, like no caffeine after 5 PM. Cause I go to, I go to sleep at like 11 and uh i like i don't want like you know it takes about five hours before the caffeine's out of your body and um yeah i'm not i'm i'm trying to have it like fully flushed out if i can before i go to sleep and that's been that's been huge for me too so i kind of structure my caffeine intake my mushroom coffee intake from like 8 a.m is the first cup 2 p.m or 1 p.m will be the second cup and that's it and I was, re I mean, that was the main reason why I was looking into natural solutions because I was drinking coffee all day long and then couldn't sleep. And I wasn't even having the coffee that late. I was having my last cup at like six or seven and I would be up until like 3 a.m. And I'd be, you know, I'd finally fall asleep. I wake back up at 8 a.m. So now I got five hours of sleep. I feel terrible. So I can't wait to have that next cup of coffee and start the cycle all over again. Yeah, it definitely can become a, a vicious cycle because with, with your products, 
there's the um there's the coffee and all the blends right or is there one without any coffee no so we have a well yeah i mean uh we have a mushroom coffee like a traditional brewing coffee or classic roast and then we have two instant coffees mm-hmm. um, but then we have a line of creamers which don't have any um coffee or caffeine in them so i should probably get one of those without any caffeine then pair that with um like my nightly routine like some like the reishi, the the creamer. What, what else in the creamer? The creamer has the same mushroom blend that we use. Um, lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, reishi, turkey tail, shiitake. And actually, if I could, if I could touch on the creamer real quick, we were looking for um, like a creamer that we could use, that we could like easily like buy and, and sort of work with. Um, that was natural, didn't have like corn syrup solids or partially hydrogenated vegetable oils in it and it was extremely mm-hmm. difficult to find we couldn't find anything on the market that like which is a natural product that we could take that was naturally like sugar-free and didn't have all those chemicals and preservatives in them so um you know we, i kind of joke in our ads if you ever see them that um we were looking for a product in the market that didn't have these things we couldn't find one so we just decided to make one and that's kind of how our coffee creamers took off and they've been kind of big in the in the keto community just because we we opted out of putting any sugar or anything in them or any sort of sweeteners, we just kind of let people sweeten them themselves with whatever they prefer. Yeah, that, that's huge, man. I think, I mean, especially once you become keto adapt and your palate changes, like you don't, like I don't have any sweetness in my coffee at all. Like I'll just have like the cream and the coffee and that to me is all that I need and then some. So having a creamer like that, like you're talking about that does not have all those additives is, is is a wise move for sure on your part. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of weird. So I did the keto diet for probably like, um, I think I did it for a solid two months and it was really just to experiment and try it out and just like see what it was all about. This was a couple of years ago. And one thing that I noticed that was really interesting about it was I could have had a full meal. Like I would have had, let's just say like an eight ounce steak with vegetables and that's it. Like no, not even starchy vegetables, no sugar, potatoes or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I would I would finish that meal. I feel great and satiated. And something in my brain was still like, wouldn't it be cool to have like a spoonful of ice cream? Just one spoon, one, one spoonful, just one. And like this little nagging voice was like trying to get me to eat some sort of. It was always a simple sugar, like a simple carbohydrate. And that's when I noticed, like, man, this is that's the addiction right there. Yeah, I always encourage people to like hit the six month mark if they can. Yeah, if you if you can make it six months, you know, pretty strictly on keto, then that kind of is enough time to adequately reset everything and in, in your cravings, your palate. Um, Sometimes, I mean, with some people, it's obviously you know sooner than that. But if you can make it six months, then you're then you're have a much more solid foundation moving forward. But like that one to two month mark, it's like that. There's the, always that like nagging voice in your mind saying, you know, just one bite, and then <laughs> once you take that bite, it's just downhill from there. Yeah, that definitely throws you off your game. And I just thought it was it was just so interesting to have that like sort of weird primal um addicting uh, addicted voice in the back of my head like just just have like one square of chocolate or just have like once just one spoonful of ice cream and, and just to get that sweet fix and it's like but you don't need it you had enough you had more than enough food to, to sustain yourself um like you don't need it at all so why is that voice telling me to do that or why is that like that little voice in my head like trying to force me to, to have this it was really really strange yeah absolutely man Speaking of addiction, there's no science that that indicates that these mushrooms have any kind of addictive, um, you know, profile at all. Because like like with caffeine, you know, you try to if you're over consuming caffeine, then you just quit cold turkey. I mean, you're going to have some 
withdrawal like symptoms afterwards. Um, but, but you don't really get that at all with these mushrooms, right? Not, not to my knowledge. And from my personal experience, um, I've gone off of them for a month or so. And I mean, nothing, it's really the coffee. Like if I go off of coffee, I start getting migraines and, you know, I, I kind of have to slowly decrease my caffeine intake to avoid that. But as far as the mushrooms go, I've never had any sort of experience where, um, I stopped taking it for a month or two and was like freaking out or like felt any sort of physiological um, like need to get it back in my body. It was more just like, let me re once you reintroduce them, that's when I start remembering those or experiencing those benefits again, where I'm like, Oh, that's right. I don't need four cups a day. I only need two. I don't need six cups. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point. I think a lot of people, I mean, just simply not having the addiction to anything is like a worthwhile goal like no matter what it is like you don't want to feel bound to it so simply removing caffeine for that reason alone or weaning off of it while leveraging the benefits you get from the mushrooms i mean that's that's the direction i would encourage anybody to to, to take you know that's, that's what i've tried to do myself and i've weaned myself not off of coffee but drastically reduced my caffeine intake and that's a lot of benefits to come with that for sure i think I'm, I'm, i might be too much of like a uh, like coffee fanatic to, to wean myself off entirely. But if I was going to say no more coffee and no more tea, just no caffeine in general, I'd probably do something where like, um, you know, I, I still got the mushroom extracts and maybe I made like a cup of decaf tea or decaf coffee, or just like, um, you honestly don't need the tea or coffee. You could mix the mushrooms in with hot water. They're water soluble and they, they actually taste great. So a lot of like the initial fear that people have, like when I do events and I tell them it's mushroom coffee, like the reactions are priceless because they look kind of freaked out, but then they try it and they're like, wow, this tastes delicious. And the, the mushrooms actually, when they're blended together, have like this kind of nice cocoa-y flavor. So if you wanted to avoid um, caffeine altogether, you could do just the mushrooms with maybe some like MCT oil or like an MCT creamer. And then, you know, maybe some other um, like L-theanine or something like something else that would help boost your focus and your, your mental clarity without being solely reliant on caffeine to wake you up. Yeah, man, I think that would be a, I think there'd be a huge market for that. I mean, shoot, I would, I would drink that. Um, so, so there's, there's your next product line right there, man. Well, cool, man. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, but where, where can people go to find out more about new roast and kind of what you got going on? Oh yeah. Follow us at, uh, follow us at new roast on all of our social platforms. It's the same, uh, same tag on each on each platform. N e u r o a s t. Um, you can find us at newroast.com. Uh, N e u r o a s t. Um, you can find us on Amazon. You can follow me personally if you want. It's Alex Curtis. If you have any questions um, for me at all, feel free to DM me. I'll answer. If I uh, if you had any questions that maybe I didn't answer on this podcast um, to the best of my ability, feel free hit me up more than happy to chat with anyone. Very cool, man. Very cool. And I'll link out to those so people can easily find you. I'm going to have to get back in touch with you for sure, because I'd, I'd love to make a, a nootropic keto brick of sorts. So I have to get with you to figure out what kind of ratio and blend and, you know, sourcing all this stuff for that. I'd, I'd be, I'd be keen to try that and see if I can tell the difference with it. Yeah, totally. I'd be interested in hearing uh, your experience also. Absolutely. Well, Alex, man, again, I really appreciate the time keep making some mushrooms and uh we'll talk soon brother well thanks so much for uh for your time man appreciate it absolutely take care <laughs>